Cheetah. Think how far we could go together, Morgan. Uncensored Cinephiles episode one. Today, me and the lovely Bianca Garner are going to be reviewing The Batman. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> it's like Batman was in the room. <laughs> he was. He stepped in real quick. So, <laughs> Bianca, where on the list of Batman films would you put the new Batman? Right underneath. Batman and Robin, the best Batman film. <laughs> I'm joking. I knew it. No, I know. You like the no. Arnold, the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, Batman? Yeah, yeah. 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 That was cool. a good one. No, I mean, I do really like that film, but for the nostalgia reasons. Anyway, let's not go there <laughs> because my credibility as a film critic 
<laughs> is that <laughs> is that stake here? Um, I will just say that I think this is probably up there with the Dark Knight. Maybe so? maybe in some aspects it's a bit superior. Superior to the Dark Knight. Now there's a hot take. <laughs> Because that's everybody's favorite Batman. Movie. I know, I know that is a, it's like all the film bros love that movie, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I I like that film when it w- first came out, but um, I don't know. It's in some aspects that m- this movie goes like places where the Dark Knight wanted to go mm-hmm. in terms of like violence and in terms of its um, central villain being a lot more sinister and more violent and and, uh, more of a threat. I still felt like, even though the Joker in The Dark Knight was a really, really good character and very complex and interesting, I, I still felt that it was playing it too safe, you know? Mm. And here, like, the Riddler genuinely is terrifying and is, feels very much, you know, cold and calculated. There's, like, um, he feels very much like a, like, that Zodiac sort of serial killer who is, you know, seems randomly at killing people but there's like a method to everything there's a reason behind everything and i think that's to me that's more sinister than say the joker's sort of let's just be chaos and you know Uh, and i find like this version of the batman far more interesting than you know the the bale Batman, who already is sort of, who seems a bit too relying far too much on gadgets, you know, mm. too much of the billionaire playboy sort of Batman. Whereas this feels like a Batman that is very much losing himself in to the persona of Batman, yeah. and that's that's far more interesting to me than you know. The Batman that we've seen previously. So that's my thought. That, that's my take on the movie. So you think it was the best movie for those reasons. I would <clears throat> say that it is almost as good as The Dark Knight. I thought Heath Ledger, like his acting was better than the acting of the Riddler. Like he just was a more right. like okay. on screen presence. And he didn't even need a mask. Like once you took mm. the mask off the Riddler, he seemed more like a little boy than like a scary evil genius once he had the mask off. But mm. like Heath Ledger really never lost that. Like he always kind of like had that crazy sort of air about him in the Dark Knight, which is why I think people like that movie so much. Mm. But I do think the Riddler was more... Like, I, I think this one was more realistic of, like, our world currently. 
mm. where like you have a better representation of what's happening in our world in this new Batman film, which made it a better film in terms of like the plot. Mm. And I thought, I do kind of agree with you where Robert Patterson probably did a better job than Christian Bale um, in the role, because like you said, the, the billionaire Batman thing is like kind of overplayed. And I thought they did like a really good job. So like the like the build back better old world order, which is what like is represented by Thomas Wayne. Okay, Thomas Wayne comes from like the Skull and Bone Society. If I can find an old clip of this from like one of the old Batmans, I'll add it here. Clip. And that is Bruce Wayne's grandfather, Mrs. Cooper. His great grandfather. I understand he was tapped for Skull and Bones. Tapped for it? Sir, he founded Skull and Bones. Anyways. <laughs> um, oh, hold on. Let me just pretend I've just watched that clip. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> wow, that was revolutionary. I've never <laughs> seen that before. Wow, mind blown. <laughs> okay. So for people who don't know, we do post-edit the show. <laughs> okay. But anyways, as I was saying, so like, in this new film, you kind of see like Robert Patterson is not only losing himself into the role of Batman, his family dynasty is also vanishing. Like the mm. funds are disappearing, um, that old world order is starting mm. to like vanish and has sort of been replaced by this new sort of criminal syndicate that has infiltrated right. the government. Right and is destroying the city intentionally while yeah. lining their own pockets through the vices of the city right yeah yeah i think that's a something that's really interesting and and is explored very well here and i like the trickle down effect of like everybody's actions like 20 years prior to the events of the movie you know and that's like left not a, that hasn't just affected Bruce Wayne, uh, but it's also affected Selena, um, Catwoman. She's been affected by that because of her mother being killed by Falcone. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, I really should have mentioned beforehand to people we will be spoiling the movie. So if you haven't seen The Batman, I apologize for that. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> she's been affected by that. Um, the Riddler's been impacted by what's happened, you know? And I feel like every character in that world, you can see that they've been impacted through the decisions of like very few people mm -hmm. uh, who are, you know, only interesting it, interested in lining their, their pockets, which, you know, you said. So for me, I thought that was really, well explored in terms of everybody has their own trauma and how like one simple event that took place in the you know prior to the, the movie beginning really sort of helped create this world where something like the batman has had to come into existence you know yeah. Yeah. um and i'm glad i must say i'm glad that we didn't see the whole Thomas Wayne and Martha being killed scene because I don't know about you but I feel like that keeps you know every Batman movie has to have that scene in it and it's kind of like a little bit old now 
you know, with the whole moving, leaving the movie theater and dark alleys and like, we don't need to see it. We know what's happened and we know, like you can get that from the performance that that trauma is still residing in, in Bruce Wayne. You don't need to have that, that, that scene. And I think sometimes it's, it's like show don't tell. No, show it through the the performance and the body language and the facial expressions of the actor to be able to bring that character's trauma to life. You don't necessarily need to have a scene that just replays everything that we already know. So, yeah, just me trying to be the film critic here and bring on, bring it, some aspects of movies in, like. Yeah. Screenwriting and techniques and stuff. Well, I thought they did a better job with it this time because instead of it just being like some random druggie killing his parents, like in the alley, like in the first mm. original Batman movie, um, even though they did give us that really epic line where he's like, Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Like, come on, well, that yeah, that's yeah. a great line, but like the i think the the way they did it this time where they killed him for like political assassination reasons yeah. was far more interesting well that yeah that i i don't know what it is but i never buy this idea that it was to me like it seems really sort of like random that it would just be like a a robbery gone wrong you mm-hmm. know with the whole bruce wayne thing because he's like a he if it was the real world if say like these characters exist in the real world he would there would be people that he's probably made enemies so wouldn't they want to you know you know get rid of him and that's what makes the film far more interesting because you can get this like i got this sense that this world that exists is real you know, like often sometimes the way that Gotham is depicted in in the film, you know, it feels very hyper realistic. Like um, um, it doesn't feel very like a a realistic world, you know. So mm. I'm trying, for example, the very first Batman film, you know, with Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, that Gotham didn't seem like a real place. That just seemed you know like you could tell it was a set you know the architecture just didn't feel real it didn't feel like a lived-in city whereas i felt here you know it was a lot more realistic you know even though (laughs) there was so much rain i thought the movie was set in the uk so (laughs) (laughs) i was like why are they speaking with american accents it's raining so much you know this is london isn't it um (laughs) must be (laughs) yeah but i i do like the way that they've approached this character and this story in um in a new light so it 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 makes because I, i don't know i I personally feel like I've had enough of comic book movies. Yeah, like, we all I'm getting have. very sick to death of like how there are so many different like Marvel movies now with characters I don't even know. Like I've not heard of these characters. Like I've obviously like Spider Man and the X Men and 
Captain America and all those characters. I know those, but I don't want to go and watch a movie about some random bunch of apparently superheroes that existed before the Avengers. Like, I don't know who the Eternals are. <laughs> they can't have, like, if they were that important, we would have had them as the very start of them. You know, that instead of Iron Man, yeah. they would have made that, you know? So... Uh, I mean, sorry, I just ranting about Marvel movies. So no, it's a good point because this movie was very different than all the other superhero films that have come out because this one felt a lot more like Seven or like a crime mm. thriller as opposed to another crappy, plotless superhero movie about some random superhero that no one cares about. You know, like mm. it, it's just it. I don't know, like, they, they finally, like, it feels like they finally made a movie that was actually a movie and not just, like, a comic book strip made into right. a movie, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this was a movie that wasn't made for, like, a PG-13 audience. This was made for, like, a more mature audience. This isn't a, a movie to try and sell kids action toys. Like, how do you say, like, oh, you too could be the Riddler at home <laughs> with your own little... <laughs> no. No My good look, it comes with, like, you know... <laughs> wow, my own Riddler mask and rifle. Thank you. Yeah. Create your own thumb drives at home, children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it was a, a far better movie for all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, so you and I were talking before about like the various characters in it. And I thought they did a really good job with a bunch of the characters, like the mm. penguin dude, which I guess you told me is Colin Farrell with like yes. a ton of makeup on, which is yeah, crazy to me. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Do you want to hear something funny? Like he. <laughs> Um, had he called his son up, uh, uh, like FaceTimed his son after doing all the makeup and things, like the makeup test, and his son was so scared and was like really traumatized by it. He didn't <laughs> recognize like his own father. And then he also went to go get coffee, dressed in character, yeah. and nobody recognized him. I think he went to like a Starbucks or something. Yeah, and no, a... nobody recognized it was him. No, and he did I, a great job. Yeah. I think that's kind of good because don't get me wrong, I love Danny DeVito and he was like a great penguin. But... He was a very like comic-y kind of yeah, childish, yeah. funny version of the penguin. Mm. Right. Yeah. And then I think this is a problem with like the the Batman supervillains. They all have like these the two like I get like the the Batman is a a kid's thing, but in like there is a lot of darkness to it, and I think if you try and make it too kid like and aim it too much, like those villains will lose their sort of power, you know, mm. to be menacing, and they just become like you know like. Like the Riddler in that awful when it was Jim Curry, you know, yeah. that, like super tight, 
one piece suit you know <laughs> like he looks like oh who is that you know um that singer who sang uh sweet dreams are made from you know yeah sweet yeah. dreams are made yeah it looks yeah. like the singer you know he's got the orange hair and everything it's yeah. like um so <laughs> i i'm i'm glad that this movie wasn't made to sell toys like i can't i just can't imagine like how you would want to watch this film with like your seven-year-old child and mm -mm. <laughs> it's no. like but this is the thing like they try to make you have this problem with batman because he is a dark character like his origin story is very dark you know mm -hmm. he exists in a world where you have like his main foes are like the joker some like maniac who wears face face paint and has like you know goes around <laughs> killing people uh or you know his other villains are like this psycho dude who makes up riddles and you know has these weird traps for people mm. and uh he's you know batman's clearly got a thing you know batman's a furry you know he clearly likes <laughs> catwoman <laughs> she dressed up as a cat so yeah. you know yeah. how are you meant to sell this to children <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the Batman cartoons are good for kids. They're fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, they're probably full of programming. Who knows? But like <laughs> the Batman movies where they try to go too silly with it mm. are ridiculous. But I mean, even like this is the one thing about the Batman films, which is why so many conspiracy theorists like breaking these down, is mm. they put a ton of pre-programming into all these films, especially the ones that just came out with um, Christian Bale in them. But I don't know who the director was for that, but he was definitely those putting are, a lot of stuff in there. Those are directed by Christopher Nolan. Okay, yeah. So he must be an insider or something because he was putting all types of stuff in those films that then later came true. Okay, right? all right. A good example of that Go would on be... then. I was just want to say, give me an example. Come on. Okay, a good Come example on. of that which I put in one of my intros was the scene where they're raising the bridges in the bail, the one with the uh, Bane, where they shut off all the bridges and they lock down the city. That exact scenario and scene took place in Chicago during the BLM protests, where they raised all the bridges and they all the news reports had like the same look as the movie did. Like, and I, that's why I put it in my intro, because when you put it side by side, it was like blatantly obvious, right? Well, There's a bunch of stuff like that. So, in these movies, like I The just, League just, of Shadows, for instance, yeah. right? What they're showing there, The League of Shadows, is like the, the Illuminati, if you will. Like, they're showing like, there's these people that take societies and empires down if they get too powerful, like they're doing to the U.S. right now, right? Well, do you want me to blow your mind? This is fun for you. You know the Dark Knight films were filmed in Chicago. Ah, okay. So I just, so you know. Not only did they... <laughs> 
they predicted they filmed it in the very city that it would take place. Right. And okay. there's a bunch, well, there's a bunch more stuff like that. People have really broken down those films and like they predicted um God, how do I say this without getting our Saul censored up real good? There was uh, a bunch of predictions that were late to this place called uh, Sandy Shores, which is from the Grand right. Theft Auto video game. Um, mm. So if people want to know more about that, check out my other work. But um, <clears throat> there's a lot of tie-ins there, like a lot. Um, so basically for me, like some of the more interesting ones that they've shown over the years is like what you just brought up the Jim Carrey one. Well, what was Jim Carrey trying to do to everybody? Brainwash them with TV. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I, I, I don't, so this is the thing. Like, I, I don't know though. What is the point of putting all this sort of stuff in a movie? Like, why put it out there if you're ha- like hiding some sort of grand conspiracy theory sort of thing and you you know you're going to like the whole point of what you're doing is like to i don't know do whatever why put it in a movie that millions of people are going to see why because most people that watch it will never pick up on that but why would you they've, just... they've actually written books on this there's a famous book called The Externalization of the Hierarchy. And what they explain in that book is, and it's by Manly P. Hall, who's like a top level Mason. What they explain in that book is once you have control of society, you have to show that you control society or you have no real power. Right. So they're now just showing you that they're in control and that they can manipulate events and do things. And they also, for some odd reason, they like to show things before they take place in real life. Like if you go back and look for predictive programming stuff for various major events that have taken place, stuff like 9-11, you'll find a ton of predictive programming, like even TV shows where airplanes are gonna hit the tower. So 9-11, they put a bunch of stuff like all over types of movies that you'll see it. Um, and there's other things even done for st- events like that. You'll see all types of predictive programming for the corona that just came out, right? But are you, this is, okay, so this is the thing. Are you, the, these events have happened is it not just pure coincidence that these things are now that you we've seen it now that we've seen like are the events of like pandemics happening on the big screen Mm. isn't it just pure coincidence that we're looking back at old movies and tv shows and we're like you know like i i can't I, i i mean i can sort of like look at these things and be like okay so that's interesting but to think that it's been sort of like put in a popular movie or not even just like popular movies like really like I don't know it just seems very hmm it's a lot to sort of like take in you know like it just seems like 
I, I can't understand why you would want to do that. Like, you know, why why put the put these things like out to the public if it's something that you're trying to keep like so it's it's done for oh yeah so it's done for trolling trolling people so like think of a movie like world war z for instance right right where they depict the world ending by a plague right and mm. what what do they do to make them survive? What what is the end goal for the main characters? It's to get to the continuity of government bunkers that have been there to like help people survive like the end of the world. It's not to, you know, become self-sufficient. It's not to try to survive on your own. It's not anything but give in, submit to the government, run to the government bunker. And it's good that the government built all these continuity government bunkers because now we need them to survive the World War Z virus. See what I'm saying? Right. So okay. it just, it trains the public to justify things that they want, right? But then if that's the case, like, who, <laughs> is it this, the screen, right? The screenwriters are just writing a screenplay. Mm-hmm. The actors are just uh, just acting in the film. The director's just directing the movie. Mm-hmm. So who's making these decisions? Yeah, so like one of the ways they influence films, like any movie that you see military equipment in the film or mm-hmm. movies like uh, The Good Shepherd, they bring in CIA liaisons. And the CIA even has a Hollywood liaison office And what they do is in order to use certain military equipment for the film, they have to add certain talking points and or plot points to the film. And the military and the CIA will actually review films and alter and or make changes to those films in order to either get access to information, get access to use of military equipment, or have the CIA help them make it more accurate as to like what they do in real life like with the good shepherd movie right so what is the purpose of say the batman what is the bat what is what are they trying to say with this movie if well, this is, um... I, I think this movie is a really good representation of what they're kind of trying to do with society so as like what they're doing with america right now is <clears throat> they're externalizing the middle management to the public and being like, look how corrupt these people running your institutions are. And they're letting us all see the corruption. Like they outed the Epstein ring and it's in plain sight and we all see the corruption, but nothing's being done Mm -hmm. to fix society because all of our institutions are so corrupt that they can't be used to fix society. So it's making people move towards being the Riddler wanting them to rise up against these middle management mm. and kill them and reveal the truth right it's the the riddler's movement where you know at the end of the movie he has all the guys with guns and they're all dressed mm. like him it's basically the same thing as this reactionary sort of like maga movement that right has no trust in the system anymore mm, like with what happened with um the january um sick type of thing where they all the all dressed up in silly outfits and stormed the capital 
Yeah, is and a, who, who led that in there? It was all, it's all now known that it was like federal agents that mm-hmm. led people in there. They, like all these congressional hearings and stuff, the head people that were walking people in there and were being like, go in, go in, go in. They were all feds. So like the federal government enacted a rise up against itself. And then what was the end result of that? It wasn't freedom for the people. They put up a big fence around the Capitol building. Now they're fencing off other buildings and they've increased the budget for the police in DC by some huge amount. But like this whole like movement of people is fueled by these movies, like the Joker. Like you saw people dressed up as the Joker out there because that sort of revolutionary spirit is being driven through these films. And they know yeah. that it's like mimetic warfare, which is, you know, something that information warfare specialists use. And they're trying to drive society to the destruction of the old world. That's why they showed like Thomas Wayne's fortune is dying. They keep mm-hmm. showing these old families, like in the ninth gate, the guy was like, yeah, my family's old fortune is gone. He's just living mm-hmm. in this empty mansion. This is what they keep showing you that old world order is being replaced by like these new technocrats like Elon Musk and these other, but that's what it is. And they're transitioning that and they're showing I, that. I really, I'm just going to say, I really apologize to anybody who came here thinking that this was just going to be straightforward, like movie review of the Batman. Like, I'm sorry about this. I, <laughs> <laughs> you, you were duped into thinking something that you... <laughs> That is completely a lie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm here not to, I'm just here to occasionally talk about things like the mise-en-scene and the cinematography in this movie. And then I'll just let you do whatever you do. Whatever <laughs> well, I mean, for you, like, I don't know anything about the director. Who is the director? Like, what else has he done? Do you know about this? Uh, yes, I do. Matt Reeves. Okay uh he is directed he's actually this is quite interesting he's quite a good like i've liked some of his films in the past um and i think it's really interesting that he sort of like became involved in this picture um so matt reeves um he's directed the new um uh uh like planet apes movies you know the not the awful one starring Mark Wahlberg or whoever it was who starred in those dreadful movies, uh, but the oh, yeah. new ones, which um, like, uh, you know, Dawn of the Planet Apes, uh, War of the Planet Apes, you know, these type of movies. And he, Were they any good? Oh, I haven't seen these. Were they any good? Yeah, they're very good movies. And he also right. directed Cloverfield. Now, that I, I have seen. Right? That's a great movie. And that's, yeah. again, now that you're sort of like talking about like 9-11 and sort of destruction and, uh, you know, um, catastrophic events happening and people's reactions to it. Um, Cloverfield is a very interesting movie when you sort of like put that in in that that sort of category of like movies that came out just after I mean it came out in 2007 but it came in that time period after 9-11 and the reaction to like the war on terror 
-hmm. and this like something coming from somewhere else and destroying the world that we you know have you know like something like New York and I think it's interesting that on the poster of Cloverfield is you know the Statue of Liberty with its head missing and that because the, the monster destroys that statue mm -hmm. that is obviously a symbol of like America so I think his his work is interesting the fact that he's done the Planet of the Apes movies you know which are very much again like destruction of society breaking down and uh, the uh, you know law and order breaking down but the apes are like more sympathetic characters than the humans are in lots mm. of ways so and it's interesting he's he's gone on to do the batman because yeah. i feel like uh he kind of gets big budget movies but he also has this like very like indie sort of approach to movies like he's not interested in just doing fight scene after fight scene he's interested in telling a story like weaving yeah. together a narrative and that's what i like about the batman is that if you were to take away like the silly suits and the silly named you know villains and stuff and the the gadgets and everything like that and was just to make this as a standard police detective movie it would still work you know mm -hmm. yeah because that's what it is at the end of the day it's a detective film and you know uh, it's the story is far more interesting than the actual batman um scenes like i found him like discussing what was going on with the politics of the of Gotham, corruption of Gotham, the the Riddler and all that sort of stuff, far more interesting. Although there were some really great like action scenes in that movie. Yeah. Like fight scenes. I thought you know, this is a, a filmmaker who understands what the assignment is, mm -hmm. gets it done and delivers something that um isn't just people running around punching each other in cloaks you know so yeah. he's definitely he's he's a very interesting filmmaker yeah the I fight think. scenes in most superhero movies are like one superhero knocks the villain through like eight walls yeah like the those... picks himself up and throws the superhero like into the moon you know yeah and yeah i was just <laughs> thinking like the last time we saw a Batman was in like Ben Affleck, the Batman versus Superman type of. I don't know if you saw those movies. Oh, I did. I saw Batman versus Superman. That movie was hot garbage. <laughs> that was CGI. It was literally one fight scene for two hours. <laughs> right and like you get the impression like here that batman is vulnerable he's not like this invincible person like we see the scars on him we see like he's physically exhausted you know like yeah. he 
he can't be Bruce Wayne. Like he can't go out or every night and fight crime and then be Bruce Wayne. That's like this. He's you know got to choose one life or the other. You mm-hmm. know, and so I okay. So if so, who is meant to be representing in our society? Who's meant to be representing? Who is Batman meant to be representing? If like the Riddler, if the like Penguin and all of the corrupt people in Gotham are meant to be representing like the corruption in our own like government, mm-hmm. you know, and those figures, mm-hmm. Riddler is like the crazy MAGA sort of whatever they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is Batman meant to be? Who is Batman representing in society? Batman represents the, uh, like, he's exactly what he is in the movie. So his father was an insider, Skull and Bones member, that thought he was making the world a better place, but actually wasn't. His Build Back Better plan was funneled into drugs and all of the vices that the Illuminati always take advantage of and, like, make money from. So what Bruce is, the son is he's like one of these kids born into one of these families that tries to resist it. There are absolutely people that are born into the families that run the New World Order that try to resist and try to end it from the inside. And that's basically what Batman represents, is he represents one of them that's trying to change things, but can't. Like, one member from inside can't stop it and that's like that whole scene at the beginning where he's riding around on the motorcycle and he's like am i making things better am i even making a difference at all so really what like um at the ending where he sort of goes back and saves everybody like dives into that you know the stadium's filling up with water and you get you Mm -hmm. know you have so really like it's kind of like he has to become a symbol of something in order for to inspire other people yes because one one of these members from inside can't change the system by himself Mm. he needs other people to help him do it it can't just be one you know so that's i think what it symbolizes there at the end a little bit and it's also symbolism of like He's not one of the people, really. Like, he's even though he's there helping them survive this catastrophe, he's not like affected by the catastrophe itself. Like, he'll no, still be no, fine. No, no, he will be fine. And that's what's interesting. Like, in the movie, there is that sort of discussion where even though he's an orphan, he's not like an orphan like the Riddler was an orphan. Mm. You know, he's like, he's still comes from this, like, uh privileged background he'll never really be able like he never will be able to exactly understand like the people who he like tries to protect in Gotham because he's not part of them yeah he is an outsider you know mm-hmm. um yeah. so yeah it's interesting that the movie sort of like had that in the film you know that sort of scene where there's that interrogation between Batman and the Riddler and it's like you know 
the Riddler is like, you inspired me to go after these guys. Yeah. And it's like, it's... And once again, that's like, yeah. I feel like a lot of like the, the MAGA people are well-intentioned. Like they see the corruption in society, but they don't quite know how to deal with it. So they follow these leaders that were created, like the Riddler was created by Batman, who's like a Skull and Bones member. I think like a lot of these like alt media people were created by the insiders from New World Order that might have wanted to try to affect change in a good way, but they it hasn't gone that way. It's made things worse, not better, right? Mm. Yeah, okay, I can. I might need to do a bit more research into that because, um, yeah, okay. But like one interesting thing to me with this is is like the whole flooding scene at the end. Right. Why do they? Why do they keep showing us in many, many films East Coast cities being flooded? With water? Uh, I don't know. Um, I suppose you're, you're going to tell me it's because it's what they're secretly plotting. It's blah, blah, blah. I just, you know, oh. this is the thing though. We're like, floods and water it's always been like a thing in or like storytelling like you know yeah like you just have to go back to like noah <laughs> there's a big flood you yeah. know are they trying so... to bring that sort of feel to people or are they doing predictive programming or something to come in the future or are they but... just trying to draw on that subconscious fear of flooding that we all have because we all yeah you know, i think it's the subconscious thing you think it's they're trying to draw on that i don't know it's just a question to me uh, i'm not going to give you an answer i'm just asking the question okay you're just asking the question yeah yeah um i i think a lot of the things are just done because it's subconscious and it's about the visuals and you know it might not necessarily be pre-planned it might just mm. be like it looks good in a movie and it's good for the climax so we're gonna put this in i don't mm. think it's like intentional but that's just maybe that's just me being naive and optimistic about things mm. <laughs> i don't want to think like everything is like like, or else I'm not going to be able to watch a movie and enjoy it. And I struggle a lot already with that because I'm not <laughs> just like, I don't know, I'm seeing it as a as a film critic slash film student. Like, mm. you know, I'll be like, oh, okay, so that movie, that scene mirrors this scene from another movie. And that, you know, and that's, you know, puts me down that path. Whereas you're probably watching a movie and be like, okay this is because it's this and blah 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 see it's really hard to sort of like i don't know how people can just switch off and not think about things while watching a movie no yeah i see things like i was re-watching it last night and i was like noting like little things here and there that i was gonna write into notes but like it doesn't really matter we're hitting the major points anyways um but yeah like it doesn't once you know these things it doesn't turn off because conspiracy theorists is basically just being a pattern recognition 
person. And uh, yeah, you see the patterns in these films like constantly, for sure. But don't, but don't you run the risk of becoming like Bruce Wayne and losing yourself in the role of like Batman? Is that not a, is that not a, you know, and ultimately he sacrifices a life of like being with Catwoman to go pursue this role of you know dressing up in a bat costume yeah see i'm more like the batman <laughs> from the other films where he still has right. the romantic interest but also right you're batman like at, at the end at the end of dark knight rises where he goes off with catwoman and then michael Caine sees him in that cafe you know <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. So you kind of, yeah. All right. Yeah. But, don't worry. I'm not becoming Titus Frost. I'm still Dean Fougere most of the day. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I do fight crime at night wearing pirate gear. Right? I think it is interesting though that they have him, like you say, like trying to avoid being the role of playing the role of Bruce Wayne throughout this movie like you know Alfred says that the board members are having to come to the house because he's avoiding you know going to any meetings he seems really like reluctant to go to any like political events like the funeral he's it's like a huge thing and people he's got to a point where people don't really even recognize him anymore mm-hmm. as being Bruce Wayne you know, it's like he's, you know, so caught up in trying to do good that he's forgetting that maybe he can do good as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. As, as well as being Batman, you know? Yeah. So. He could probably do more as Bruce Wayne than as the Batman. Maybe. To actually fix society. Because yeah. he'd have access to wealth and power and political power, and that version would actually accomplish more than him dressing up in the bat suit, running around, stopping people from robbing convenience stores. But that wouldn't be so exciting, would it? Really, he's just seeing him <laughs> going into like these, like you know, board meetings and you know, making these little decisions. I I don't know. Um, probably wouldn't be. What would? And can I ask? Would Would Bruce Wayne have a Twitter account? Is he Is he? Uh, he would have bought Twitter, right? Right. <laughs> he would have been. He would have just bought it and been like, "It's mine now. I'm gonna charge you all three dollars a month to use it." Like Elon's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's just madness. So. Um, I, it's just like. If you did have that amount of money to buy Twitter, wouldn't you just want to be Bruce Wayne and, and Batman? Like, yeah. that's what I'm doing with my money. I'm buying yeah. myself, like, that car. I'm buying myself the suit. I'm going out there and fighting crime. And... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I might hire someone else to do the actual fine crime, crime fighting part because, like, he gets his ass kicked a few times, you know, like, yeah that's true shot and like yeah i I guess it would be kind of fun if you had like all that gear and like i I don't know how much money 
Bruce Wayne would have to have in order to be Batman? In this movie, not that much. It just needs like a man cave and like a body armor suit. So yeah. you don't really have that many gadgets in this film. No, that was what I kind of liked. It wasn't, I mean, he had those, in, it was interesting he had those like um, contact lenses mm-hmm. that were like recording everything. Oh, I'm glad you brought those up. Oh, oh, oh okay. I'm oh. glad you brought those up. I'm oh, really gosh. glad you brought those up. Do I need to grow? Uh, is this going to be a during, long, long... Uh, here we go. During the campaign trail of the current occupant of the White House, he was using contact lenses to read scripts. No, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone no, thinks Biden has uh, an earpiece in. No, everyone think he has an earpiece in. Right, yeah. We I proved, we proved by just zooming in on his eyes that his eyes were a different color and he was wearing contacts. Maybe he just has, like, wants and to change now, the color of his eyes. They now have contacts that allow people to display text so you can read it like you could a teleprompter. Oh, I hate it when you write about things. Because now you're going to be like, in two years' time, they're going to be like, you can have these contact lenses, and, you know, like... No, they already people, have them. They're already commercially available. Yeah but, the, yeah, but people are going to be like, oh, I can record things now. Oh, uh, yeah. And... That's all coming. That was already shown. So does, this contact this, lens thing was already shown in Deus Black Ex. Mirror. Is it shown in Deus Ex, the video and game? And Black Mirror. Yeah. Right? Have you uh, seen... was it in Black Mirror too? Yes, it was. It was in the very original okay. series of Black Mirror. This is yeah. because the whole thing is the guy becomes obsessed with rewinding everything and thinks his wife's having an affair and it ends horribly for him. Oh, okay. I must not have seen but did I see one? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, very first very first yeah. season. I probably saw it a long time ago. But yeah, I mean the idea like eventually oh. people will be transhumanist and you'll even not just wear contacts you'll take your eye out and put a mechanical eye in and have that because you can use that to take photos and like all the stuff that you do with the camera you could zoom in various things you could analyze stuff like think of all the things you could do if you had a camera instead of an eye right like in the future when technology gets better so, like, this is just another one of these pre-programming things where they're like, yep, soon you'll all have contacts like this. Wow. I was doubting you for a while. And then remember in the this... other Batman films where they, how did they find the Joker? They used everybody's mobile phones to make a little sort of uh, hacking and record everybody and that's how they located him and now everyone knows that that technology exists and is possible but it was in that film first before they released it to the public but see how they they released it to the public and it was used to stop the joker right so now when the public sees it in real life they're like well they're just using it to stop terrorists and criminals they're not spying on average people that go to January 6th protests. Oh, wait, they are. Turns out they are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is 
this is just another you're you're right and Bianca's naive and sees no. the world in a, like a happy little she just wants to have have a cups of tea on the grass and you know <laughs> there's still good movies though i mean it's a high quality oh, movie. oh sorry yeah yeah it was entertaining yeah. i mean don't yeah. you think in terms of the batman films i would say this movie this was the most entertaining one since yeah. the dark knight I think in lots of ways, I find this more entertaining than The Dark Knight. Yeah, so to you, it's more entertaining, but to me, it's equal. I think it's like definitely Batman's a lot hotter in this. <laughs> Patterson. But see, all right, now let's get into Catwoman then, because if, if this is the best looking Batman, this yeah. is the worst looking Catwoman. that it's true she's got the worst costume it's not it's not hot it's not like you know does it can i just say this is the thing as as a feminist and i am still a feminist regardless of everything um always will be a feminist Oh, I'm a feminist, too. I believe in equal rights for men and women okay yeah all right yeah i just like having no need to hate no, no need to hate. Yeah. Men and women are equal. That's yeah. a cute thing. That's yeah. good. Anyway, as a feminist, I will say it's really the way that women are depicted in comic book movies. This isn't just in comic book movies. And I hate that people are probably going to be like, say negative things about me being a whiny woman. But women are depicted in these films often as sex objects. Mm -hmm. It's not just in like, it's yeah. really perverse in our society that women are presented this way and it still yeah. continues to happen and it's not empowering for a woman to be in like running around in high heel shoes and wearing like barely anything okay because in real world in the real world you can't run around in high heels especially not from t-rexes i'll just say that or like anything like that you can't run around you can't do these types of things high heels are very dangerous have you tried running around in a pair of high heels i've never even tried to wear them so i, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell you it looks dangerous okay <laughs> it's like and you're gonna twist an ankle <laughs> so in lots of ways the representation of how of catwoman you're saying her outfit's not sexy enough but that's exactly. a good thing no that's a good thing <laughs> Yeah, it's way too realistic in this film. Like, she's wearing, like, normal clothes. She's not in, like, yeah, a BDSM leather cat outfit. Why would she? That, that's so odd. Do you not think it's odd? You're, not think, you're talking about conspiracy theories and programming people. Are we not programming, like, young men to see women as sexual objects? I think they're, they're you programming not, like... them to like furries, right? That's what they're... <laughs> Like the ideal woman cat has cat ears and a tail, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just no, getting us she, ready for transhumanism. Yeah, she doesn't have a tail in this movie, but she's still wearing that little like hat that she's pulled over her face and it's just you know has pointy ears and stuff. Yeah. What's like so? Does she weird. have the most useless mask since the Rona masks? <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you can see your whole face through the mat. It's not stopping any like facial recognition. No, but do you know what? I think it's because <laughs> her head gets cold, you know? And she just like so she's got I would I thought it was kind it's of like cool where's look. the Zorro mask like okay she did need to like do something a little bit more it's, but when it covers you, like this for people who don't know it covers like this much of her face yeah but then look at the other cat women like Anne Hathaway's character she didn't yeah. have like a mask and her she when she was Catwoman in um Dark Knight Rises yeah I didn't really like Anne Hathaway's Catwoman She's, no, yeah. but she also had her hair not tied back. This is the thing. You're play, like, how easy is it to grab a woman's hair if you've got long hair and pull on them? If you're fighting crime, you need to wear, like, this is the you, short hair, practical. No one's grabbing yeah. that. Yeah. No, no, no high heels, right? Because that's not going to, you're not going to be able to fight crime in high heels. Maybe wear like a bit more of a practical mask that covers up your face, and yeah. maybe wear some armor and not run around in like a tight, you know, suit. That's, you know, where's the body armor? Why are why yeah. are see to me bring female... bring the Catwoman back from the first Batman movie? Oh, for goodness sake! <laughs> With Michael she, Keaton, how did she get into that? outfit come on so much talc talc powder perfect that's the perfect catwoman outfit okay she was the best catwoman (laughs) least probably realistic though yeah so well no because i think have you not seen the atrocious catwoman movie they made with halle berry well yeah i don't even consider i guess i forgot about that take take a second to look at that catwoman outfit and then yeah that's yeah that's they just made that for like you know they're like how do we market a movie to men (laughs) she runs around in a bra in that movie yeah okay then yeah there's like nothing covering (laughs) her stomach (gasps) oh no her tummy's out no no because you can stab her stomach that's like soft area that's a soft, vulnerable yeah, she has area nine where you. Lives. I mean, what are you so worried about? Maybe after the life seven, you start covering the tummy. <laughs> it's still gonna hurt her. She still feels pain. Was she bit by a cat in that, like a radioactive cat in that movie too? Oh uh, no! What happens is, oh, that movie. We have to review that movie because that movie is so atrociously bad. The main villains in that movie are. So it's a makeup company. Who Probably are making... some white guy. No, it's a woman. It's a woman, which is interesting. It's a it's a woman who is a villain in that movie. Oh no, but it's a white woman. Her thing it, it is a white woman. Yeah. <laughs> her thing is she's making makeup cream that kills people. Oh, dangerous. Like, yeah, so the thing is don't wear makeup. But Catwoman wears makeup movie so it's not really like it's weird like so they're pushing they're just pushing the luciferian agenda just straight up do you know where humankind according to the book of enoch learned to do makeup uh was it on a youtube tutorial video no (laughs) the one of the fallen angels according to the book of enoch is what taught women to like start doing makeup 
And it's worked for us so far. Ah. Keep it up, women. L'Oreal, because you're worth it. Yeah, I see. <laughs> Girls like you actually are prettier without makeup. So, oh, yeah. yeah very anyway, smooth. back to Catwoman. Yes, the um, terrible Catwoman movie. Not good, but... Yeah. What did you think of this girl? At least was she a better actress than the other cat? Because Anne Hathaway was terrible. Oh yeah, no, I liked that. I I liked this. Uh, what's her name? Zoe Zoe something in this movie. Um, yeah. I can't remember her name. Zoe Kravitz, I think. I might be saying that wrong, but she's very pretty. Um, I thought she was very good in this movie, actually. Okay. Like, she's been in you probably oh you've probably not seen her in anything i don't think she's really been in many many movies like um like this is probably her biggest role but she's she did do the voice of catwoman in the lego batman movie you know so she seems to be like like likes playing the role of catwoman so there you go i thought she was good i didn't think her and robert patterson had any chemistry whatsoever no i just like wasn't i didn't feel anything for them i he was just she seemed to be all over him like for Mm. some strange reason like i don't i i never really liked the idea of like batman having a romantic love interest yeah it doesn't really work it never really works. works it works for superman and lois lane like mm. I get that, yeah. Uh, it kind of works for like Spider Man and Mary Jane. Yeah, those you know? do work. Yeah, because it's built into the story. Yeah, but here it just feels like, you know, I always get the idea that you know Batman had a thing with Robin. It's like, <laughs> well, you know what? I think they showed Robin in this movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Who do you think it is? Oh, the little little boy that got orphaned. Yeah, that's going to become Robin. Well, he didn't get orphaned. He, like, his dad was the mayor who got killed. That's not a spoiler, because that's at the very beginning of the movie. And I think that little boy later will be Robin. Because he's dressed in, it's Halloween, and he's dressed in a little red suit. Did you notice this in the red cape? And there's already a connection there with Batman. And he keeps coming back. They keep, like, their paths keep crossing. Because he mm-hmm. saves him again later. Mm-hmm. When the stadium gets filled up with water. Exactly. Yeah. Ah. There's a reason they put the little that little boy so many times in the film, they thinks. Yeah, so. interesting. It could be. They are making a sequel to it. So they've already, like, greenlit that. So that's, Yeah. That's it probably cool. won't include Robin in the sequel. Because that might no. be too early. But it'll probably be shown a few times in it or something. Mm. What's your sort of like, do you think this is, I, I don't know how much you know about Warner Brothers and DC. Nothing. Like, okay, so basically they're movies. You've seen, we've, Marvel is like well established. You mm-hmm. know, like It's owned by we, Disney, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it's owned by Disney. And they've okay. managed to make the Marvel universe quite well. Mm-hmm. And but Warner Brothers, they have way, way better like access to like 
superheroes. The superheroes from DC are much better than Marvel. You've got Batman, you've got Superman, you've got Wonder Woman, you know. Mm. Uh, But for some, you've got The Flash, who is awesome. Uh, But the the person playing The Flash isn't awesome. They've been getting into fights in Hawaii. Um, And yeah, I haven't seen this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. This is just this is my world. Right? Yeah, okay. You have, your, you have your little world. I have my movie world. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about actors and actresses. I don't follow this. Okay, but like DC have really struggled to actually establish like you know their cinematic universe. You've had how many Batman films? How many Superman movies? You know. How many yeah. Justice League movies? How many like Suicide Squad movies? And it all just like, you know, seems a mess. And now, like, one of their biggest movies was Aquaman. That made like a billion at the box office. Are you serious? Well, yeah. Was it good? Uh, and it's okay. But the issue that they're having now with the second Aquaman movie is a certain actress is in that movie. Who's this? Amber Heard. Yeah. Really? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No way. So like DC uh, not only have the they have a real big issue because obviously they she must be like most hated actress alive right now. Yeah. It's like they do, they've got a problem. I guess that she must be tied into a contract where they like she has to be in the second movie. You know? Even if so, she poos the bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently they've cut loads of scenes down to, and now she only has ten minutes of run time in the entire movie. Free <laughs> time. Uh, and they were uh, trying to edit it down to like one minute. <laughs> Well, the thing is, she plays a role, which is quite a big role. She's Aqu- like she's Queen Mira, who is like the wife to Aquaman. Well, mm. she's quite like a big role. And um, in the comics, she's meant to be like a big character. She's, you know, like part of, I, I don't really know Aquaman all that well. So I think it's kind of funny that like, you know, the whole Warner Brothers DC sort of like cinema universe is like a shambles right now and they really should be focused they should put all their focus into like these films like the Batman like instead of trying to force all the characters to come together in a Justice League or just let them do their own individual movies it doesn't need to be part of the same universe yeah no, I agree. Standalone yeah. movies, but anyway, I thought that would make you laugh about the whole Amber Heard thing. Yeah, because <laughs> like I saw, oh god, what was it? The one with the dude with the glove, and all the superhero characters come together to beat the thick guy. <laughs> the dude the and the glove. Super thick and has a glove. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're talking the about the gemstones. <laughs> You're talking about Thanos in like yeah, 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 yeah. Avengers. Thanos. Thanos thick. That's right. Thanos. Okay. <laughs> so I saw those movies, and literally the entire movie's just like 
cutscene to introducing superhero, and then it's like cutscene to introducing another superhero group, and right. then it's like here come the galaxies of the douchebag universe defenders or whatever and then they're there and it's like it's just like one introduction of a superhero after another and then it's like now it's time for the final battle against the dude with the big glove <laughs> it's just like dumb like the movie's so dumb isn't it These interesting movies made like tons of money somehow isn't it tr- interesting that his whole like mission is to wipe out 50 percent of the world's po- like the population yeah, he's like, movie. I represent the World Economic Forum, you know. I work for Bill Gates. I'm here to wipe <laughs> out half the planet. Okay, yeah, maybe that was, <laughs> who know, maybe it is. Maybe everything you say is true. Yeah. Who knows? And then yeah. they fail to defeat him anyways, just like the Batman failed in this movie to stop the flood, to stop oh, but the they shootings. Did, they got him. did you not watch Endgame? They got him in the end. Did you not watch the final Avengers movie? No, I was pretty satisfied with half the world being disappeared. <laughs> oh yeah, you were like, uh, that's fine. I was like, this is a good, this is a perfect ending. So <laughs> yeah, why would like, I want to watch the next film? They bring them <laughs> back. They probably bring the people back in the next film, which is yeah, the actual do. tragedy. <laughs> and they bring everyone back and it's like five years later and nobody is like that bothered by it. It's like, your family would have moved on by then. You've been gone yeah. for five years. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not waiting for you if it's five. <laughs> you better uh, wait for me for five years. I'll come back and haunt you for all five years. I'll be <laughs> the waiting. ghost of Captain Frost will become a real thing, okay? <laughs> I'll be waiting. Don't worry. It's like, why else? It's just be like me just talking to myself, pretending that you're still here. Mm-hmm. I'll just be making like these videos and I'll be like, playing both roles yeah, I'll, I'll haunt you don't you worry <laughs> well <laughs> just like that... i'm haunting susan on youtube now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel sorry for like anybody watching this honestly yeah. this has been the weirdest rambling like movie review ever talking about uh... we've been talking about the we've talked about everything batman in this we've covered okay, all the yeah. bases all the bases this is the best this is not only the best new film podcast of all time this is the best batman movie review on the internet and it will say so in the description (laughs) just because you say it in the description doesn't mean that's true (laughs) it's the truth about the batman film Mm. right it's the real truth this is the real truth yeah yeah well i think this is a good way to sort of like talk about the next movies that we're gonna try and review because we've been they've been requested yeah so what are we doing next so we're done with the batman the batman is officially oh yeah okay do you want to flood in and shot to death (laughs) do you want to recommend do you recommend this movie to people Uh, do i recommend the batman yes it's one of the best movies i've seen since dune dune was the last good movie i saw oh interesting Hmm. so this and dune are like the only good new movies i've seen in a long time oh well not even turning red turning red was just like very strange (laughs) (laughs) you didn't get it it's it's fine you're a man you don't get anything really (laughs) (laughs) you'd be kind of scared i was like the dad who's like 
sees what's going on and kind of like backs up and walks away from the situation. <laughs> That's me. That's my review of Turning Red. Um, okay. So if you had to give this a star rating, like five stars being the best and one star being the worst, where is it? Oh, shoot. That's a tough one. Give an actual rating. Mm. I guess I would say like, it's not the best of all time. It's probably like a 4.20, so a 420. You're not only... <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you do these ratings. Find <laughs> a four. I'll round down. No, you can have 420, I'll let you. Yeah, four, it, like in between a four and a five. Like it's, it's better than an 80, but not like a hundred. Okay. Right. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> what about um, you? Where would you mark it? I'd probably say a four. A four? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I think I have some issues with the movie in terms of its like length and um you know, kind of said about like Catwoman Batwoman Batman sort of relationship. I didn't buy that. And I do have some like some of the stuff was a bit like mm, that could have been like a, I wish I focused more on that you know and I thought like there wasn't enough of the Batman talking to the Riddler like that felt very brief yeah you know I yeah. kind of but, but yeah it was a very good movie so um I really liked it okay so a four out of five for both of us basically yeah so Definitely a, a movie we recommend watching then. Yes. Um, yeah. Next, we're going... I think we should just talk about what we're doing next. Yeah? Yeah. I'm excited. What are we doing next? Um, we're going to be talking about Eyes Wide Shut and Ninth Gate. Ooh. Like a comparison of both movies. But a breakdown of both movies break, and a comparison. Yeah. yeah. These are very, these are two very interesting movies, and um, when you mentioned that the the similarities between them, suddenly I sort of like be, uh, became very intrigued, and I wondered why these movies both came out at the same time, and what they both have the same sort of themes. They both feature like major like Hollywood talent of the time so it's you know it'd be very interesting to break these movies down and of course like two very made by two very controversial directors mm. like Stanley Kubrick and Roman Polanski yeah so this is it'd be very interesting to sort of like talk about those movies yeah I'm really looking forward to that one for sure like and it's also what people wanted us to talk about yeah and I introduced you to Ninth Gate. We watched that together when you visited the States. So I did visit the States, yeah. 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 So. Yeah, interesting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I quite like that movie. 